0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahachko here, uh, along with our founder and fearless leader of coordination.com, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing great. The 251st episode of the Five Heart Podcast, and we normally don't dip our toes outside of the coordination water, but we are uh, thrilled, dare I say downright tickled, to have Uh, from our Purdue site, HammerandRails.com. Mr. Travis Miller back on the show. Travis, welcome back. Good to see you, friend. Good to see you, too. Uh, I mean, we have corn here in Indiana, so I guess we can get along that way. It's just,
1: it's different corn, I guess. I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have corn, but you don't know what it is?
1: I didn't didn't grow up on a farm. I, I grew up in town, if you will. If a uh, town of 50,000 people can be considered the city.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I grew up in a town of a thousand people. and gave, people gave me shit for not growing up on a farm. So, you know
0: what I mean? We have, don't worry. I Travis, I'm in Illinois. We have corn here too. So, uh, you know, we really are a corn nation.
1: Yeah. It, it's corn from Ohio to Nebraska. And then from Southern Illinois up to Minnesota. Hey, you can eat it. You can
2: feed it to cows and get the beef. You can turn it into a libation. You can turn it into fuel. It's The perfect plant. Absolutely. We should probably move on to football or something. <laughs> I
0: don't think I don't think any of us are well versed enough in agriculture to just carry on that conversation for for the remainder of the show. Uh, so let's let's dive into it. Of course, Nebraska Purdue meeting up uh, this weekend. And Nebraska coming off the bye week and Purdue has had Travis, I mean, tell us your perspective because Purdue's, uh, you know, they, they've flashed, uh, uh, some brilliance here and there. And sometimes they look more like the Purdue we've known. <laughs> so, so what, what's, uh, what's the Purdue, uh, perspective from, from your camp? I mean,
1: I honestly, I would say the the defense has been a very pleasant surprise. It was a disaster last year with uh, your good friend, Bob Diaco. Uh, I know he's a big fan of – you guys are big fans of him. But uh, it, it, it was just so strange because the first two games last season, we had George Karloftis, and the defense worked. And then he went down, he had an ankle injury, then he got COVID. I think he played just a couple of snaps the last four games, and the defense was a disaster. But – He's back this year, and everything was kind of overhauled. And really, I mean, the defense has been the story. It's kept us in games. It kept the Oregon State game close before we kind of busted it open late in the fourth quarter. It kept us alive against Illinois of all teams. It kept us uh, in the Minnesota game. I mean, it's been doing its job, but – well, let's be honest, we're paying Jeff Brom five million dollars a year to score more than thirteen points a game, and that's exactly what we've scored thirteen points in four of the last five games so um the the offensive numbers are pretty bad if you kick out the uh the Yukon game, which I mean that's yukon <laughs> any anybody in a power five conference should be putting up forty nine points on Yukon to be honest.
2: I didn't realize it was that low of scoring, yeah I mean. It's, I, I thought you know, I knew that your defense was vastly improved, but I didn't realize you were only what is it 14?
1: 13. Yeah uh, 13. Yeah. What the uh, hell? Lost What's, lost 27-13, lost 27-13 to N- Notre Dame, beat Illinois 13-9, lost 20 to 13 to Minnesota, and then lost uh 30 to 13 last week. And even last week's 13, give six to the defense. George Karloftis had a 52 yard fumble return for a touchdown. So that's only seven for the offense last week. I'm not taking those defensive points away. They earned those.
0: (laughs) I I feel like uh, Purdue's, um, dare I say, track record with the number 13 is uh, on par with Nebraska's, you you know, results, outcomes in a one-score game. You know, (laughs) it's just a bad habit from both teams. I also feel like, you know, from our our vantage point, you know, the defense – has been the more consistent aspect of, uh, of Nebraska's play this year. Uh, and, and I keep going, you know, we, you mentioned uh, the Purdue-Illinois outcome. Everybody knows that Illinois beat Nebraska in week zero, and then they turn around and, you know, set, make history uh, beating Penn State the way they did, you know, last weekend. So it's, for whatever reason, and, and John has said it a few times here on the show, this is the madness and the mayhem of college football, kind of mm-hmm. uh, in, in the dichot- it's it's in the microcosm of the Big Ten.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, look what we did with Iowa. I mean we we controlled that game at Iowa. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a win. I you know they probably weren't the number two team in the country, but that was their ranking at the time, and it was our first win on the road against a top ten team since 1974. <laughs> and then uh, they put up that graphic of. Purdue has nine wins over teams in the top, either ranked either number one or number two while being unranked. The next highest team has four. So essentially what we do is if we get to October and we just wreck your shit. If you're ranked number one or two, number two, So just out of nowhere. And then it's
2: 1974.
1: Yeah. The last one we had over a top 10 team away from home was 1974 at Notre Dame. And, wow. And, but I mean, and everybody was excited. It's like, yeah, we look great. Wisconsin's a worst version of Iowa. We got them at home and Wisconsin did what Wisconsin does to us every year. I mean, they, and it was a close game. I mean, we, it was 13 all at halftime. We had the ball in Wisconsin territory down seven with about 12, 13 minutes to go. And we went, um, we got a penalty and then threw an interception. And then that was the game. And they, they, again, defense did their job, but they got worn down because the offense wasn't doing anything. They, the, the long, the best offensive drive we had was off of a fumble 39 yards, a 39 yard touchdown drive. And they, they just, they sat on us and then they just ran the football, which Wisconsin always runs the football shock of shocks. And we were actually, it was, it was an interesting game because, we actually threw an interception. They ran it down to the one. So they had first and goal from the one, and we held them out of the end zone. We held them to a field goal. That never happens against Wisconsin. That's, a, I mean, that's a gift, and we still couldn't take advantage of it and get anything going offensively. So, I mean, so, who knows what's going to happen this week? I really don't what, know.
2: What is the problem with the offense? I mean, you've got David Bell. And you've got quarterbacks that obviously don't throw interceptions. Otherwise, you, Iowa would have beat you because everybody gives them three points.
1: Well, there's – didn't throw interceptions in that game. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, there's no running game. There's absolutely no running game right now. Um, have they even tried it? Xander Horvath did really, really well uh, against Oregon State. He's had a series of good games. He was over 100 yards against Oregon State he broke his leg in the Yukon game. That was the worst thing that could have happened against Yukon. And he was by far the top back. Uh, they had surgery. They think he could come back, but they did not this week. Most likely they, you know, they keep doing the, well, not this week. Well, not this week. So, I mean, maybe you see him sometime in November, but it was a big drop off from him. The offensive line has been a mess. Um, There was uh, what really hurt the offensive line is over the summer, I think they had three or four medical retirements and they were guys that, you know, may not be starters, but they're quality depth guys. And I think Brom said at one point, he's like, yeah, we got six guys that we trust uh, to be in a big 10 game on the offensive line, which you need more than that. And I already looked at the injury report this week and it's like two guys are questionable. And they're like, oh, that's only our two best linemen. And then you have Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Jack Plummer has not thrown an interception all year. He started the season as a starting quarterback. I know you guys are familiar with him. He's played pretty well against you. Um, but O'Connell, you know, his first significant action was the game two years ago when he led that game-winning drive. Uh, and then he he's had some great moments in his career, but – he's been real wild with the football this year and he's the type of quarterback that he does well. And then he, until he throws that first interception and then the first one makes the second one more likely. And the second one makes the third, even more likely. And that's kind of what happened last week. Um, he did come into the Illinois game. He threw two picks, but still organized the game winning drive there and just an absolutely awful, ugly looking game. But last week, you know, he started pretty well and then threw a pick. And then threw another one and he officially finished with three. I thought he had four, but they ruled it a reception and a fumble. One of those plays. Um, But yeah. And it's just, if, if he can avoid picks, he's, he can have a game like he did against Iowa. He didn't throw a pick at all against Iowa. He was great at rolling out of the pocket, but if he can't get any protection from the line or he can't, he's not terribly mobile. Um, you know, and he get if he takes a sack, if he has a fumble, things start to go sideways in a hurry for him. So it, it's just avoiding that first big mistake for him. Otherwise, he can play with a lot of confidence. And, he's you know, he's been pretty good.
2: Wow. So what's the deal with Jeff Brom? I mean, I think he's a good coach. I think his offense, you know, is an offensive guy. And now you say he's only scoring 13 points a play a game. What 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 is the problem here?
1: I I think the biggest question is he he is not short up the offensive line in the five years he's been here, but what gives me some confidence is he saw a glaring deficiency last season with the defense and when it unfixed it, I mean, it, it's fixed. That was fixed this year. And so I'm like, okay, he'll see it this year in the offensive line and go out and try to fix it next year. And I think we've got some promising freshmen, but if you're running true freshmen out on the offensive line of the Big Ten, you're not going to have a lot of success. I mean, there's next year's starters are probably in the weight room right now redshirting, and he's got some promising you know recruits coming in, but it's it's a depth issue and it's a talent issue this year, and he's kind of had that every year, and then he's got to get he's got to get more of a running game. Um, the 2018 season was probably his best offensive season. He had two really good running backs in DJ Knox and Markel Jones, and they they were able to consistently get 120, 150 yards. Last week, I think we had minus 12 yards rushing. So I right. mean, literally, I right now, I ran for more yards than Purdue did last week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there is there any talk, uh, Travis, about uh, Brom being on on a hot seat or uh, nothing like that, or
1: people want him to? But uh, let's be realistic with his contract; he is not going anywhere until the end of next season. I yeah. mean, we don't have the money to pay out his contract, and I, I mean, I don't. This team is better than last year; they have shown improvement, and I wanted to see this team get to a bowl because I thought that would be real. You know real tangible improvement and that's still possible i mean with the iowa win you're sitting at four you you're looking right now at a worst case scenario of going into your last two games against northwestern and indiana and it's the okay might be on a four game losing streak we got northwestern and indiana here as winnable games i know that's a phrase that's a touchy subject for you guys but um <laughs> but it's they're winnable games. The daggers the the just
2: just we're going to die by small cuts at a time. You bastard. Thanks a lot.
1: <laughs> but keep but those, going. Are, those are games at the end of the season. It's like, okay, we can beat Northwest. We could beat Indiana. You get to a bowl game. Then it's like, all right, it didn't go well, but it's better than the last two seasons. You still got to build on it next year though. And you're going to have to build on it next year without your two best players cuz Karloftis and Bell are going to the NFL. I'm sorry. I mean, they're they're gone. I don't blame them. They they deserve it. They're going to earn it, but man, it's it's going to be it's going to be tricky to build without them next year.
0: Travis I, I'm going to say something that is probably going to piss off, you know, a lot of the Husker fans who are listening. Uh, and I don't mean this in any disparaging way uh, about Purdue, but I feel like Nebraska and Purdue are are, you know, on on the same, like, train tracks, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. I also feel like Nebraska is better this year than they were last year. Uh, you know, I, I look at – they hung in there with Oklahoma. They hung in there with Michigan State, with Michigan. Um, you know, they handled business against Northwestern, and it all just, you know, uh, fell flat against Minnesota, you know, a couple weeks back. But I do feel like overall this – you know, they, they're playing – better uh however because i don't know if it's expectations or what there's still a very large contingent very vocal it's either a large contingent or a vocal minority somewhere in there who are saying frost has to go you know what is your perception you know from the outside looking in uh when you look at nebraska and and all the flaws (laughs) You know, some of the, you know, some of the offensive line play that has been shaky, you know, at at times and and perhaps undisciplined. But what is your opinion of of Nebraska, where it's at right now?
1: The biggest thing that I've seen from our fans, uh, just kind of hearing the chatter and whatnot, is Nebraska football is often compared to Indiana basketball in that you have this historical success that is now, you know, unfortunately for you guys decades ago. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's expected that that success can be brought back immediately. Um, and, you know, you're seeing it. You're kind of seeing it right now with IU basketball. They bring in the favored son, Mike Woodson. And I saw a post hilariously this week from some IU fans like, yeah, they can go 28-3 and three this year. Oh, my year. God, They'll I saw that. Game. They'll lose one game, a st- stupid game like at Wisconsin or something. I'm like, 28 What the twenty eight and 3 Are you serious? I mean, I'm a Purdue fan. We have a top 10 team. We have a legit top 10 team. I don't even think we're going 28 and three. (laughs) (laughs) You expect a team that hasn't made the tournament in four years to suddenly know how to shoot and play smart basketball and go 28 and three? Are you kidding me? But wait a minute. That's what you see us as? Those crazy people? well i mean you kind of saw that when frost got hired it was the oh he's immediately going to do this that's unfortunately how the scott frost day meme started
0: we were (laughs) uh having conversations in december of 2017 after he was hired we had conversations on this podcast maybe it was off the record so maybe it wasn't recorded but Uh, myself and, and uh, one of the former, uh, you know, legs of the tripod, as we called ourselves, uh, Haas Reuter were like 2021, man, we better get those national championship tickets ready to go. (laughs) We had those thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm secure enough to admit it.
2: I never thought that ever.
0: Well, John, that's because you're a negative son of a bitch.
1: All right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Again, I go back to basketball. Everyone's like the
1: yeah, we can go to the Final Four in New Orleans this year. This is it. We got our best team ever. And I'm like, I've been a Purdue fan my entire life. What god awful thing is going to happen to kick us in the dick? I, I was I was in the building for the Virginia game. I was I was sitting on press row. If you watch the replay of that shot during Virginia, you can see me surrender Cobra. I'm that close. And And it's just, that was the, I'm such a guarded Purdue fan. The only time, the only time I even allowed myself to think we were winning that game was when the ball got tipped back into the backcourt on that play. And I looked back and I was like, the clock's running. That's either going out of bounds or they're going to have to heave one in from 60 feet. We're going to the final four and I got kicked in the dick within five seconds. So, <laughs> so I wish that I could be that confident about something, but I am to the point of something will always happen, and that's why I've joked this off season when they revealed the Big Ten basketball schedule and had us going up to Minnesota in early February, since something always seems to happen with Minnesota. <laughs> either football or basketball. Rondale Moore got hurt against Minnesota. Robbie Hummel got hurt against Minnesota. Robbie Hummel got hurt again when we were playing Minnesota in football. I was like, don't even bother going to the game. Forfeit it now. If you do go leave Jaden Ivey at home, I don't care. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so, How have you maintained being a Purdue fan through all of this?
1: They sell a alcohol. football fan. I mean, I know you're a basketball fan. Oh, football's not as bad. Football is like, keep me happy. I'm like, give me the occasional bowl game. I got to go to the Rose bowl. I know that we, we've been to two Rose bowls in our entire history and I got to go to one of them. I mean, that's fine. Keep me happy. Give me the occasional seven, eight win season. I'm pretty good. And we haven't even had an eight win season in 15 years, but, <laughs> but it, it, it's basketball is one of those. I mean, it's my sports white whale. Now I'm a Cubs fan. I got to see the Cubs win the world series. Getting to Final Four is like the whatever, man. I don't care what we have to do, whatever we have to do, <laughs> and I'm not going. After what happened in 2019, I'm going to look at the scoreboard with triple zeros and us leading, it, and I'm still going to think something's <laughs> going to happen.
2: Right. It, I I think we're we're getting to that point with Nebraska football.
0: And, and Travis, you you used a uh, a phrase that is is pretty popular, you know, uh, on the internet. But could you demonstrate? For our viewers on YouTube, you said surrender Cobra. Please, you know, for the uninformed. Yeah, right. It's the, oh my God. I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> you know,
1: the, it, the two times I can remember doing it are that Virginia game. And I did it on press row when you're supposed to be, you know, all serious and everything. But I mean, it was a Final Four. There were six Purdue fans sitting behind me. And if they had won the game, I probably would have stage dived into them. But uh, the only other time I can think I did it was in football. Um, it was the Kyle Orton fumble against Wisconsin when he's wow. a foot from being down and we were number five in the nation. And it was, you know, it was the one time where you thought, Hey, maybe, maybe Purdue can play for a national championship in football. And he fumbles and his run back for a touchdown. And you're just sitting there like, what, what just happened?
2: <laughs>
1: Why do the gods hate us? Tell us
2: tell us about George
1: Carl yes oh he's a bad man he is so fun to watch and he demands a double team he gets held a lot and he still causes havoc he doesn't have a ton of sacks this year but um he he causes enough he gets enough attention that it frees up other guys I know last week he had the uh, fumble six and he didn't cause the fumble it was the corner coming off the edge but it he uh, stripped Mertz, and Karloftis was right there, picked it up, and took off. And so, you know, I love, I love that he got a defensive touchdown before he left. Uh, I, he, I said very seriously, his senior year of high school, he would have been our best defensive lineman that year as a senior in high school. And then I looked up the stats that he had um, per the IHSAA because he took West yet. They won the uh, like their class's state title. He had, I think, 106 tackles uh, and 53 of them for loss for like 17 and a half sacks in 14 high school games. 50 plus tackles for loss. I mean, this guy was unfair. He was a cheat code that year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you, you I mean, said he, you said he he went to West Lafayette. Yes, he went to West so Lafayette. homegirl boy.
1: Yeah, he apparently he moved here from. I think his family is f- from Greece, actually, and they moved here when he was like an early teenager and he just took off and became an absolute stud. And we were able to keep him in the backyard. You know, that's one of Brahms biggest uh, recruiting wins is he just kind of had to go a couple. I mean, you can literally walk to West Lafayette High School from the football offices and <laughs> he was able to keep him
0: home. What What's a uh, Brahms secret for keeping in-state talent in-state? You know, uh, I, he should uh, maybe share some of those tips with Scott Frost because we don't have that success for, for, the, for the big ones, you know, for, for the Golden Boys.
1: A lot of them do still end up at Notre Dame or Ohio State or anything. But, you know, the biggest difference, I think, between Brahm and Hazel, who was before him, is Brahm actually just asked. I mean, Karloftis was a four-star. He went over and offered him a scholarship and recruited him, got him and everything else. Uh, I'm thinking of a player by the name of Coy Cronk, who was another kid, played at Lafayette Central Catholic, was a four-star offensive lineman. Hazel never even bothered to offer him. Hmm. And from the rumors that I've heard is if he had offered, he would have accepted. And Hazel couldn't go across town to offer him. And what did we need? We needed help on the offensive line. One of many reasons that Daryl Hazel is no longer employed. That he <laughs> right. sucks as a football coach.
0: So uh one of the things we always do here at the five heart podcast and uh, for for the benefit of you and and uh, you know the cross promotion of hammer and rails we, we dropped this on Friday morning so one of the things we do at five heart is we get a prediction and you can pander to the husker faithful or you can you know be honest but how do you foresee <laughs> Because I am looking at it and I was talking with a, a coworker uh, of mine who follows a, a lot of big 10, he's a Notre Dame fan, but uh, you know, he follows uh, a lot of, you know, big 10 stuff. And, and so he, we were talking about the win over Iowa. He's like, well, yeah, maybe you'll get Purdue on a, on a, you know, a, still an emotional high city, but they lost to Wisconsin. So he's like, Oh, never mind." <laughs> so, so uh, do you feel like they're going to have uh, that? Uh, I, I, I joke, I said, I want, I don't want the Purdue that, played iowa you know give me give me a different purdue team but how do you foresee things going down on saturday
1: this is one of the hardest games to predict because you got two chaos teams i mean (laughs) you got two teams that you don't know week to week what's going to happen i know you guys uh i know you guys just have that tendency to just have what two three four boneheaded plays a game where you're just like what the hell's going on
0: and and it's not it's it's not it's the quality of them. No, it's not the quantity because yeah. they happen at the most imperfect times. You know, so I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want to do it. Oh, no,
1: no, you're <laughs> fine. But but I mean, both teams are a bag of cats. I mean, let, let's face it. You know, you could see you, you guys could hang 45 points out of nowhere because Martinez is that good. Martinez could twist his ankle and you're done. Three plays in <laughs> and whatnot. I mean, here's, he's a guy that Purdue has seen a lot. So I think that helps, Um, you know, he's had a lot of success against Purdue individually, but I think he's lost two of the three games. So, you know, he's nobody new that we're going to have to get used to. And you know what you're getting with him. My biggest concern is the offense has just been an absolute mess. There's been no consistency whatsoever. Um, They put bell in a box last week. Can you guys do that? I mean, it's nice that we've faced the three best Big Ten defenses of the last three games. And so you guys, you know, theoretically are an easier an easier defense, but we couldn't do anything against Illinois for three and a half hours. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I am not happy with this offense right now. I'm not confident. You know, I could see us losing like 31-14 30, and just – you know, not do anything. You guys kind of break it open late as our defense gets exhausted. You know, and as I say that, you know, all of a sudden they figure things out and O'Connell goes out and throws for 450 yards and five touchdowns. I don't know. Right. I, I just don't know against, I don't know with this team, I just want two more wins to get to a damn bowl game. That's all. You have to make a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaning more scores. we're not going to do anything defensively or offensively. I should say, I mean, we have no running game, none right, I mean, King Doru had a good game against Minnesota, but we still lost like 40 yards in sacks and it was we, a score they, <laughs> we pasted the we pasted the Iowa game running game together by playing three quarterbacks on on one on multiple drives and then tried the same thing against Wisconsin and they figured out that if the other two guys are in it means you're probably running. <laughs> Do you have a score? I'm I'm going 31 14. You guys, I have no confidence in this offense right now. I'm mean, I'm going to be completely
0: honest.
2: Well, you'll probably win 14 to 10 then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, we're going to give up a safety. It's, not oh, yeah, it's this year. you know so 14. To we lose nine.
2: all. We lose all games by one score. When we go into basketball season, we're going to lose every game by two points.
0: <laughs> it's a curse,
1: right? I there, don't know man. what it is. You got to find this close, Travis. You got to find a game to lose with prime number scores. Those are the best.
0: (laughs) Make me think that much about math. Uh, All right, Travis, as we wrap things up, uh, we always uh, have a particular way that we end the show. Usually I say the same thing. And then John says the same thing. And if there's like a a Purdue uh, slogan, motto fight chant song that you want to sing, whatever it might be, uh, you certainly have the ability to do that if you're willing and able.
1: Oh yeah, of course. All yeah, right. yeah. For the it, it was it was established by the late great Joe Teller. God rest his soul. I love that guy. He looked like yeah, my dad.
2: I, I liked watching his offenses when when he was there.
1: Well yeah, I I uh I was there as a student when he started and I was there for the entire breeze era as a student. And when Breeze had the had the breeze to Morales pass to beat Ohio State that all but clinched the Rose Bowl for us, uh I, I was so deliriously happy that if he had announced he was going to walk across the wallbash, I'd be like, "All right, I'm following you down to the riverbank, man. Let's do
0: this." Uh, before we go, tell everybody uh, where they can find you on social media, and of course, hammerandrails.com.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, we're at hammerandrails.com. Our our site Twitter is at hammer and rails, so all one word. And then I am I am at just tmill, so that's j u s t t m i l l, and you know I. Tweet whatever's in my head. You'll you probably like some of it. Probably some of it you won't like, but I don't care.
0: <laughs> that's perfect. It's Twitter, and it's all make-believe anyway. So uh, we want to uh, thank you very much, Travis, for, for being a part of this uh, show, uh, for, for taking time out of your schedule. And uh, our, come hell or high water on Saturday, there's going to be a football game played, and that's about all we can say.
1: <laughs> At least a football-like substance.
0: That's right. It's something that will, you know, resemble – it's, it's like the GoBots of, of college football. You know, it's it's Ooh, close, but it's not reference. quite there.
1: <laughs> good reference. I remember GoBots.
0: <laughs> so for uh, our esteemed guest uh, and colleague from uh, uh, a brother from another mother type of situation in SB Nation, uh, Travis Miller, uh, he's John Johnston. I'm Greg Mahachko. I remind you this week and every week that five hearts is all the hearts you need. John, go big red and
1: Travis. boiler
0: up.